0: Five years from now, where do you see yourself after surgery? Whether you're almost ready for surgery, recently had surgery, or maybe you're down the track a ways, do you have a five-year focus for long-term success? Mistakes can derail you from where you want to go. What are these mistakes and how do you avoid them? Well, stay right where you are. Let's talk about them now so you have a plan in place.
1: Looking for an easy-to-swallow multivitamin that also smells good instead of vitamin-y? Check out the once-a-day easy-to-swallow tablet from ProCare Health with new scent certs. The orange scent inside the bottle makes supplements not only smell better but taste better too. It's a whole new way to experience your once-daily vitamin. Visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN10 to save 10%.
0: Hi, I'm registered dietitian, nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 157. Frustrated with all the confusion and the misinformation when it comes to nutrition, especially bariatric nutrition? Eat this food. No, don't eat that food. Try fasting maybe the keto diet. Heck, just reset your pouch. It's enough to make you throw your hands up and shout, forget about it. I don't know what to do. Well, I do. I know what to do. It matters where you get your nutrition information. When it comes to bariatric surgery, nutrition is specific. So let's cut through the nonsense. Let's get the accurate nutrition information that you want simple, step-by-step strategies that work in your life. I want you to feel well every day. Get out there. Do the things you want to do. And that's why I created Bariatric Surgery Success for you. You're in the right place. I'm so glad you're listening. And if you love the podcast, would you please write a review on Apple Podcasts for me? I would appreciate it so much. Are you tired of cravings? Night eating? Night eating? You want to prevent weight regain? Then be sure and add protein sources at the right time that you actually eat and enjoy. Check out my freebie for, print, uh, for 10 protein tips that work every day. I'll put the link in the show notes. Well, joining me today is bariatric dietitian Melissa Majumdar, who is a bariatric surgery coordinator at Emory University Hospital Midtown in Atlanta, Georgia. Her passion is supporting her patients and their families through this life changing journey. And she's done so for the last 16 years. When Melissa's not supporting her patients, you can find her running around Atlanta with her two kids and her husband. Her contact information is in the show notes if you want to reach out to her. Hey, Melissa. Good morning, Dr. Mitchell. I'm so glad you've joined us today because we have a lot of chatter going on and a lot of things to talk about. Most of the chatter about weight loss surgery is about how do I get ready for this? What all do I need to do? I've been approved and then right afterwards, what do I do now? But there's this whole long term out there, the success that you want to reach and you want to prevent that weight regain and, and create a bariatric lifestyle that really works for you. It's so important. So today, I want us to look ahead at a five-year focus. There's so many mistakes that can derail you from your journey. I want to hit those mistakes head on and find ways to prevent that from happening. So I want to start with a question, Melissa, when you're talking to your patients, what do you talk about? when it comes to avoiding mistakes that might surprise us. I'm so glad you asked that
2: because (laughs) if someone came to me and they said, oh, Melissa, I made this mistake. The first thing I would say is, hold on. Let's look at this as an opportunity and not a mistake. Oh, I love that. I love that right away. You know, sometimes reframing it just gives us that opportunity to take away the self-blame, right? You know, this is, there will be those derailments as you called them. And so kind of expecting them would be the, what I would tell my patient or my client of like, there will be the derailments. What do we do? How do we react when that happens? And that's what I would want to focus our efforts on as a prevention perspective or in real time when the derailment happened, we would look at it. Okay that was an
0: opportunity. What do we do about it? Yeah. You know what I really like about that is that when you lay it out there and you say, you know what, these things happen and knowing it and being prepared for it and knowing what to do about it gives you so much more power for your future, I think, than than waiting until it happens and going, oh no, I failed because then that's so negative. Right.
2: And that reinforces that black and white thinking. So, you know, I would want to say We saw with the pandemic too, that derailed all of us, right? So there will be those ups and downs in life and reinforcing. The door is always open here at your bariatric surgery center. The door is open whether things are going well or where you're hitting some derailments. Mm -hmm. Those are your opportunities. And let's talk about it. Let's come up with a plan and kind of do those little, little plans to make things a little bit better.
0: That support is, is invaluable, I think. Is there anything that you advise totally against because you've seen it be a mistake time after time and derail your patients from success down the road?
2: Yeah, what I see with a lot of patients is kind of black and white thinking or that all or nothing, whatever we want to call it. I see that very often. It's not not everybody, but it does tend to derail us. And so, for example, I'll see a patient. This is a common challenge. We eat a lot at night or that afternoon kind of slump is where we might have more eating. And the patient might come to me and say, oh my God, Melissa, I failed. I can't stop eating at that time. I've ruined my surgery. And I'd say, hold on again, let's reframe this. This is an opportunity to explore what can we adjust. But if they think of that as I messed up, well, then I'm just going to keep going. I can do the same thing again tomorrow or I messed up in the afternoon. Let me just eat again in the evening instead of kind of picking it apart. And that's where I would come in. I would want to work with them to pick apart the scenario, where are their opportunities here and kind of drill down on that. And we could do that together because I think that's a common um, problem is that afternoon eating, Mm -hmm. that nighttime eating. So if we want to chat about that, I've got some ideas.
0: I think that's so true. And I love the fact I'm not big on believing anyone's a failure when things happen, but you're not a failure. And I like that you see things as opportunities because it teaches you to, Hey, stuff is going to happen, but tomorrow's a fresh date and ideas. And, and I can learn to do things a little bit differently. And with it change that oh rhetoric that you tell yourself that, Oh, I just made another mistake. Oh, I was just one more yeah. failure. And I just, that's just not so and it's it's much easier for things to
2: be black and white. I think a lot right. of us are uncomfortable in that gray zone because it's not as clear cut, but that right. gray zone is really where we're going to shine if we can figure out how to be comfortable there.
0: oh, I love it, and shine <laughs> we want everyone to do right they you didn't go through the surgery through nothing, so it is now time to shine to shine and I know that weight regain is so much on everyone's mind, because that's the whole reason they're having surgeries to change their whole life. So are there big mistakes when it comes to weight regain? Because I know people are going to go talk about weight regain, talk about weight regain. Let's get to it.
2: Yeah. So I do see some, some common scenarios, some opportunities to revise. So one thing, if we think back to the way surgery works, there's kind of three components going on. One we have a smaller stomach, right? With this, with the sleeve, right. with the gastric bypass, there's a smaller stomach. There's hormonal changes that are going into effect, with, mostly in the first year after surgery, and then of course with some of our procedures, um, they're malabsorptive, so more so in the biliopancreatic duodenal switch. But going back to just the pouch size and how we have a smaller stomach if we use that to our advantage, even long-term when it's stretched a little bit, it's still smaller, we can eat around it. And so I do see some patients go back to kind of nibbling all day. And that's, it's easy to do because, you know, yeah, you can't eat very much at one time. And so kind of falling into that nibbling scenario. Um, additionally, again, thinking about that small stomach pouch, um, if we put in it foods that are higher calories, so usually foods that are higher calorie, maybe they have higher fat or high sugar, those add more calories, but don't keep us more full. So if we can swap that out at all for foods that take up a lot of space. So to me, I think of foods that have a lot of water. So our produce, our fruits, our vegetables, or foods like that are full of fiber, because yeah. fiber is like a magnet to water. So those things can help Uh, where the high calorie doesn't help. And then the other thing I start seeing is skipping meals, skipping snacks. I don't know about you, but when my patients come to me before surgery, i say about 95% of them are skipping a meal, skipping a snack, skipping some type of eating opportunity. And it's so easy to fall back to that. Um, And one of the ways that we fall back to that is if we just don't have the food around, if we didn't go grocery shopping, or if we don't keep those easy to eat foods accessible. Um, Slider
0: foods.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Those are the ones that are around instead of those protein. That's why people need that list of of protein foods that you have um, because that's the ones that are going to keep them full, the protein and the produce.
0: And you know, I I think that this um, skipping meals is not just a bariatric surgery thing. This is a United States of America. thing. Um, Unfortunately, so many people eat this way, and when that habit, as you know, becomes ingrained, it's very easy to fall back to what you did before because that's what you knew, that's what yep. you're used to, and I, that's why I think support, like you're talking about, support with tips that work, is, is what is so important in the long run to be able to keep this lifestyle going, where it is a lifestyle and it becomes your life and. I, I think so. We'll be but, back in a moment. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the lifestyle, it is not easy though. So no. to, to just reinforce,
2: we are here to support it because it is it is not for not for easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm really glad you said that because it isn't easy. Change is not uh, is not easy, and this is a major and big change. So the fact that you've had the surgery is a great thing and now Melissa and all the other bariatric dietitians out there are there to support you so that this change becomes who you are, becomes your life and that you have all the success that you've been hoping for. Well, we'll be back in a moment and we'll talk more about specific eating behaviors that can spoil your success. Don't go anywhere. Bariatric Surgery Success is thrilled to partner with New Hope Girls, women empowering women. They offer a discount to our community. Code? Transform to save 15% and celebrate our shared commitment to transformation. Shop their beautiful bags at newhopegirls.com. So, Melissa, let's get specific and zone in on eating behaviors. We talked about one just a moment ago where you skip a meal that end up being big mistakes end up spoiling yourself. So in addition to that, skipping a meal or going back to the consistent grazing, what other things do you see that can be a problem that you want to stop now and tweak and work around?
2: Yeah. So I would have everybody kind of look throughout their day and find opportunities where maybe they're not having that balance of the protein and the produce. So we teach that pre-op, right? Kind of have eat off the smaller plate and have a quarter of it protein and a half of it fruits and vegetables and maybe a quarter of it, the complex carbs, kind of going back to that, those basics, because for most of us, those protein rich foods, so those, those lean proteins, they do still keep us full longer. And then if we add, like I mentioned, those foods that have a lot of water, the the produce like foods, they take up space. But if we have a quick, you know, maybe bar at breakfast, if we even have breakfast and lunch is maybe a salad because, you know, maybe it, we're, we're trying to, to stay on track. So we ate a salad. Well, I would, I would ask my patient or client to, to run an experiment. You know, if we, instead of having a salad at lunch, let's run the experiment of mm-hmm. let's have a more balanced, meal where we've got the protein, we've got some vegetables and maybe that is some salad or it could be cooked vegetables because some of us hate salad. That's okay. And then what happens if we put a little bit of carb there? Do do we feel better in the afternoon? Mm -hmm. Do we feel less hungry or do we hit a slump because we had too much carb and kind of just running it all as an experiment, making those tiny changes, but making sure we're there to get feedback about how our body's feeling
0: would be important. I think these tiny tweaks can make an absolutely huge difference, especially like you're saying. I think uh, with the bariatric lifestyle, it's hard after a while people f- kind of forget about that protein as the importance or the P P that you called it, the protein and the produce. I think you kind of forget about that. And One of the reasons to me, people, when people start to regain, and you hear this trendy thing about just reset your pouch, which, by the way, is not the answer. Instead of that, what I wanted to say, which is exactly what you are saying too, is forget about stuff like resetting your pouch. You want to go back to eating baby food, right, and soft food, and things like that. (laughs) Me, not me. I mean, I want to eat real (laughs) food. So, hearing what you are saying, which is many times going back and saying. What does my day look like? Where have I gotten away from the things that I've learned? Just like you said, maybe I need to put the P and P, the protein and produce back into first place here instead of doing something drastic and not effective yep. like a, a pouch reset. Yep. Well, so many yep. patients feel that once surgery's over. They don't need to go back to or communicate with their surgical team. Is this a mistake? And if so, why? Yeah, there's
2: definitely opportunity to continue to follow up. And I was thinking about this recently when I went to the dentist. Well, we don't go to the dentist once for a dental cleaning and then never go again, right? We need those check-ins. We need those opportunities for the fluoride treatment. We need that plaque removed, those hard to reach spots, right? Right. Well, if we took our our weight or our, our, our health in more of that perspective of that twice yearly check in to check away at the, the plaque, well, maybe we're setting ourselves up for more success and, you know, doing those daily plaque removal with like brushing teeth, right? Well, what could we do daily to check in on our nutrition and our, our sleep and our stress and our body movement to continue to work towards, towards health? That's
0: how I like to think of it. Oh, I like that too, because the more you you stay in touch, the more that you are around the community and involved in the bariatric community, and the more support you have for for where you're going. What um, is the number one mistake you see patients make? And you've seen so many patients over the years that prevents them from hitting successfully the five-year mark.
2: Yeah. I see everybody thinks about the nutrition and I'm a dietitian, so I'm definitely thinking about the nutrition. Yeah, me too. Of course. We think about the activity. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's why we're here and we like to talk to each other. We think about the activity. I think many of us and maybe even you and I, we forget about the S vitamins. Do you know what the S vitamins are? What's that? Stress and sleep. So (laughs) or stress management, we don't want the stress. So sleep hygiene and stress management need to be built into that kind of all those areas of eating healthier and moving more and sleeping more and managing our stress. Yeah, for sure.
0: Those are great. So as we wrap up, what haven't you told us that you want to leave us with?
2: Yeah, I just really want to encourage folks to think of this as an ongoing experiment and to continue to, look for opportunities. I use the word called kaizen. It means it's a Japanese word. It means continuous improvement. And that's how we want to think of our our bodies and our health and our weight. It's those little changes over time that can add up, but we're not going to necessarily see big weight loss changes like we did initially after surgery. And that's okay. We want to look at it from the perspective of what's 1% what, what, kind of, what can I change that makes things 1% better? And over time, working with your support team, that, that can all come together to feel better, which is ultimately
0: what we want for our patients. I agree. Thank you, Melissa. I so appreciate your time. What good information to help us hit that five-year mark and do so successfully. Thanks for being a guest today. Thank you. Well, okay. I get it. Maybe you're just trying to get through surgery right now, but the big picture is so important for your success now and down the road. You just heard, Melissa, every day, the small things matter. She calls it 1%. I call it the 1% to infinity, meaning that every day, if you're just doing something so small, that 1% day after day after day makes a fabulous difference in your life and you are worth
1: it. Bariatric surgery success with dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.